Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Remember the marvels God has done, O offspring of Sarah and Abraham, O children of Leah, Rachel, and Jacob, O church of Mary and Joanna. Glory in his name. Amen. It is when experience, Scripture, and sacrament are broken open that the disciples see Jesus. Experience, Scripture, sacrament. Experience. Stopped in their tracks by this witless wanderer, they become sarcastic witnesses to their absent Savior, present as stranger. Where have you been, stranger? Where have you been, foreigner? This is the third day we have lived with this absence, his absence. Hours and hours of silence, absence, loss. And if it were possible to compound absence with absence, today we learn that his corpse is gone. Where have you been, stranger? At the heart of the Easter message, there is absence. Of course, the absence is joyous. But here in this text, in the experience of these disciples on the way, absence presents questions. The absence of their would-be Messiah seems to deaden claims that He is, like Moses, Redeemer of Israel. And many since who have walked this seven-mile Easter road out of Jerusalem have asked this stranger, this strange Savior, where have you been? For His resurrection is strange to us. It is not our experience. It is, right now, the promise of future experience. It remains, then, present in its absence. As the bombers attacked the Church of Christ in Sri Lanka on Easter morning, it is reported that Bishop Dilarai said, if God give me permission to live, I will live. If God give me permission to die, I will die. As our loved ones die, as more and more martyrs are made at the hands of terror, there remains an absence at the heart of Easter. Yes, a joyous absence, but too a threatening absence. A threat certainly to our lives and our own wills, for we cannot be the same as before. A threat to death, for it is now defeated. But also, a threat to those who would witness to an empty tomb amidst those whose hearts are filled with hate, 
a threat to the lives of those who would witness to the gift of eternal life amidst the constant fear of imminent death. Where have you been, stranger? Experience, Scripture, sacrament. Scripture. On their way to Emmaus, they talked Easter. They did not know that their journey was to be a gathering, a gathering around word and table. And Jesus' announcement of the gospel is quite stark. Roughly translated, he announces the gospel with these words, fools and unfeeling exegetes, hear the gospel of Christ. Now, I'm not sure if that will make the cut in any future liturgical revision, but it is more or less the way Jesus announces the gospel here. Jesus returns the disciples to the biblical text. In his exposition of Scripture, he wants to show them that their hopes for God's promise had been met and had been exceeded. The genealogy of Jesus in Luke makes it clear that Jesus belongs to the story of Israel all the way back to Abraham. Here, that genealogical beginning is given further theological significance. Jesus, indeed, is the prophet like Moses. And like the prophets of old, he too must suffer rejection and death. His own experience and theirs is brought together and brought into conversation with Scripture so that an innovative reading of Messiahship emerges here. Jesus' ministry follows the pattern of the prophets. It is from within this familiar pattern that the witness of the Messiah would emerge and not in contrast to the prophetic pattern. His prophetic ministry presence, death, and now resurrection means Jesus is the Messiah. It means Messiahship is not defeated by suffering and death, but is fulfilled in the particularity of Jesus' ministry and passion. The redemption of Israel comes in the weakness of this human brokenness. Experience, Scripture, sacrament. Sacrament. As Bishop Dillo was beginning the prayer of consecration on Easter morning, the police arrived to evacuate him and the congregation. The bishop would not move until he finished the prayer. In Colombo this Easter, and here in Emmaus, there was taking blessing and breaking amidst violence and loss. There was taking, blessing, breaking amidst promise and threat. The stuttering steps of Christ to go beyond the mess make this journey a gathering. The Word has been opened. Now they gather at the table, taking, blessing, breaking, receiving, and going. The table of Christ always leads to the way of Christ. The table of Christ always leads to the road 
We gather here in assembly around His table in the hope of God's promises. We center ourselves on this rejected stranger, this disappeared foreigner. And the rejected and the disappeared become to us present in the reconciling life and presence of the risen Christ. But just as at Emmaus, the simultaneous presence, distance, absence of Christ from His disciples warn us away from any presumptuous possessiveness. At the very moment Christ might have been idolized, held onto, paraded, or manipulated, He turned back to the world. This is no surprise. For just as Luke's genealogy points to Jesus' saving significance for Israel, it too goes beyond Israel to Adam and Jesus' significance for all people. We hear this call to the road beyond Jerusalem in subsequent verses. He said to them, you are witnesses of these things. Repentance for forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed beginning from Jerusalem. We take, bless, break, give, go. We go determined that this feast will not fall into farce. We go in hope that what we do here changes us. We rise from the table and go onto the road as if our going was a sharing of bread and a pouring out of wine for the life of the community, the neighborhood, the world. In a world where our worst fears and our worst instincts would define our identities always over and against identities of others, the witness of resurrection remains. Amidst the joy and the call of Easter, there is evidence that experience, scripture, and sacrament is forming a people of witness. How do we know that? In the worst atrocity since the ending of the civil war in Sri Lanka in 2009, Bishop Dilo condemned terrorism. He condemned those who would divide society. He called for justice. He called for repentance. And then, in the presence of the martyrs of Colombo, he pointed to the cross. He pointed to Christ and Christ's prayer of forgiveness for his murderers. Bishop Dilo prayed, may the peace of the risen Christ who on the cross prayed forgiveness be with you all. Be with you all. I do not have a complete answer for how we as a seminary of the Anglican Communion, stand in meaningful solidarity with the suffering world Anglicanism, with the suffering world church, with a suffering world. But that we must do so is surely confirmed by our experience, by Scripture, and by the sacrament of the Lord. The Lord who is risen and present in Jerusalem, on the way out of Jerusalem, 
in the cinnamon gardens of Colombo, and even, and even on this seminary road. Alleluia. Christ is risen.